Welcome to Advancing Our Church, a podcast about Catholic stewardship, leadership, and advancement. I'm Jim Friend, and before we get started, I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Changing Our World. If you're in charge of fundraising for a Catholic organization and you're looking to make a significant impact, Changing Our World can help. Their expert team provides customized services to help Catholic organizations radically connect with new and existing donors. So whether you're looking to start a new fundraising campaign or if you want to improve an existing one, Changing Our World can offer the guidance and support you need to achieve your fundraising goals. Just visit changingourworld.com today to learn more and check out the link to their website in the show notes of this episode. And now, let's get to work. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome to Advancing Our Church. So glad you could join us here again today. Today, we're joined by two experts in Catholic education, Lauren May and Ron Matus, who have put together a very compelling report about the growth of Catholic education in the state of Florida over the last 10 years. And so excited to kind of get into this with you. I, my, my, in my background, I got to spend some time in Catholic school enrollments and Catholic education, and, and it's a very near and dear to my heart. So welcome, Lauren. Welcome, Ron. So glad to have you. Sure. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Really appreciate it. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, introduce each of you, and then we'll we'll get into our, our topic today. So first, Lauren May is the Director of Advocacy at Step Up for Students. As a proud graduate of the University of Florida, she received her bachelor's degree in special education and a master of education in early childhood education. She then completed another Master of Education in Educational Leadership from St. Leo University, a former Catholic school teacher, early childhood director, and principal, and as a believer that parents are the first and best educators of their children. Lauren loves working with families across the state and beyond to ensure that they're able to find and make use of the best educational options for their children. Go Gators! Welcome, Lauren. Glad to have you with us. Thanks. Go Gators! <laughs> And Ron Matus is the Director of Research and Special Projects at Step Up for Students. He joined Step Up in 2012 after more than 20 years as an award-winning journalist, including eight years as the state education reporter for the Tampa Bay Times, the state's biggest and most influential newspaper. Welcome, Ron. Glad to have you here today. Thanks for having me. And I should note for the record that I am an FSU grad. So. There's oh. going to be a little bit of tension here if we keep talking about football. <laughs> all right. We have the Gators versus the Seminoles. All right. All right. Somehow we'll, we'll, we'll keep it civil. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, um, well, welcome again. Uh, I'm excited to talk about Catholic education and was just uh, thrilled to see the results of your 10-year study. Uh, but before we get into the report, maybe uh, I could ask you just to tell us uh, first a little bit about your organization, Step Up for Students. And uh, either one of you, if you'd like to kind of offer a little bit of introduction for our listeners. Sure, I'll go ahead and give that a shot. So um, Step Up for Students, we are uh, a nonprofit here based in Florida. Uh, we've been around a, a little more than 20 years. And what we do is administer the state's school choice and education choice scholarship programs. Um, so we've been you know, intimately involved with those programs since the beginning. Um, Last year, we served about 250,000 students on the different scholarship programs. Uh, this year, it'll probably be north of 350,000. We don't have final numbers yet, but certainly there's been steady growth 
um, over many years now and with the passage of HB1, which I imagine we might be talking about a little bit here down the road, um, you know, we're seeing things continue to accelerate. So uh, school choice is a big thing in Florida and we've been, you know, central to that for a long time. And Ron, maybe for, uh, because I know sometimes the bills work a little bit different from, depending on what state that you may be working in. Can you tell us a little bit about how uh, that that education, that tax credit program works in the state of Florida? Just kind of briefly sure. high level. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the tax credit scholarship program is just one of the scholarship programs that we administer. Um, it is the one that we've administered the longest. It was created in 2001. And unlike, you know, your traditional, quote unquote, voucher program, the tax credit scholarship program is funded by corporate contributions in return for dollar for dollar tax credits. So we've had, you know, strong support from the corporate community for those scholarships for a long time. You know, basically they contribute and we convert that money into scholarships. Um, a few years ago, that program served more than 100,000 um, kids alone. Uh, and for most of the existence of the program, it was um, set aside just for quote unquote low income students, students who were at, a, at 185% of poverty or lower. Um, that um, eligibility threshold did expand slightly over the past 10 years. And of course, now with HB1, we have universal eligibility. But um, that has been the heart of the school choice programs in Florida for a long time. Tremendous. We have a similar program in the state of Pennsylvania that's been around for quite a long time, the Educational Improvement Tax Credit Program, where businesses can contribute a portion of their state taxes. And recently, I, well, I say recently, it's actually been around probably for a while now, where individuals who uh, make over a certain amount can contribute part of their state income tax as well. Do you have that individual income tax piece in Florida? We do not. It's a, um, you know, the corporate tax credit scholarship program is funded by <laughs> corporate contributions. And then the other programs are all state funded. So we don't have okay. that individual component. Well, that's an impressive response from the businesses in the state of Florida, though. That's that's just tremendous. And you and you serve the entire state. That's great. Yes, Wonderful. that's right. That's right. And, and we've always enjoyed that support from the corporate community. So grateful to them. Um, you know, because of them, hundreds of thousands of students have, have literally been put on a different trajectory in their lives because they they had options, you know, which uh, some people take for granted. But um, thankfully for that support, um, we've had so many kids who've been able to go on and do amazing things simply because they had an option. And do you find that the business or business owners um, are primarily Catholic or do you find that non-Catholics also like to contribute to this? I think it's all of the above, but I'll, I'll leave that to Lauren to go ahead and get into that one. Yeah, sure. I was going to say it's really um, any corporation that deems um, deems it a good cause can donate. So um, we have Catholics, non-Catholics. And when they donate, um, I know in Pennsylvania, you can donate directly to Catholic schools in Florida. You're donating to the general pot. So we have over 2000 schools in Florida that accept our scholarship, um, our scholarship dollars. And so families choose the school that best fits their needs. There's over 200 Catholic schools. There's about 230 Catholic schools in our state. Um, that would include the early childhood learning centers as well. And so those schools are part of the, the larger picture of schools that accept the scholarship. Fabulous, fabulous. Well, let's talk a little bit about the growth that you're seeing in the state of Florida that you have seen. 
the report uh, gauges data that you that you analyzed from 2013 to 2023. And in the report, you say that Florida was the only state in America in the top 10 for Catholic school enrollment that did not see declines in enrollment, which is very impressive. So what do you say, what are some of the highlights from your report? What do you attribute this growth in Catholic schools and Catholic school enrollment? Um, well, I think the paper kind of explains that it's really multi-level. The reason that Florida is an outlier amongst other states and amongst really um, the entire nation is because our, our school leaders in Florida have been very open. So I think one of the great things that we've seen is that they're open to parent feedback. And when a parent comes and says, I think we need to try some new type of learning or could we do this or could we have this? The school leaders are working with the parents to meet those needs. So I think that's one piece is that our school leaders are willing and eager to be innovative, um, which is really exciting. We also see that they have not shied away from diversity. So we have a huge, um, we've seen a huge growth in the diversity of our students in Florida. And specifically one that I'm most excited about is students with special needs. Um, over the past 10 years alone, we've seen a growth of over like 150% of students that are using a scholarship because they specifically have a special um, need such as a reading disability or they could even have um, autism or Down syndrome. I mean, the, there's about 30 or 40 disabilities that are covered by that scholarship. So that's been really amazing to see how our schools are meeting the needs of the families that are in their community. And they're not saying no, um, which is makes me really happy. I used to be a Catholic school principal in Jacksonville and we um, had really 100% of our kids were on the scholarship and they were all, um, mostly on free and reduced lunch. So we had a really special population and um, we didn't usually say no to them. And it was interesting watching over the past 10 years, all of our other schools getting on board and not saying no either, but saying, let's find a way to meet your needs. Let's see if we can meet your needs. And of course, if they can't, then the, it's been a really great to see the partnerships because the Catholic school principals might say, listen, your child might be better served in another school. Let me make a recommendation. Let me work with you to find the right place, the best fit for your child. So that's what I love the most about the paper is I think it really shows that wonderful work that our um, superintendents and our, and our bishops and our, and our school leaders and our pastors are doing here in the state. That's really tremendous. And, you know, because, because Catholic schools, um, haven't always had a reputation for embracing students with special needs. Uh, and I know that there are more resources that are brought to bear on that today than maybe there were 10 years ago or 20 years ago, but it's very encouraging to know that we've been able to open the doors even wider uh, and receive a population that really is desiring that same Catholic education that all the, the mainstream kids uh, maybe take for granted, that they can, can make themselves a part of that. Uh, also, diversity includes, of, co of course, persons of color and, and other uh, nationalities. And, uh, and that is, as seen, I would imagine, a, a continuous increase. Is that in some way reflected by a demographic or the changing demographics of Florida? Is it kept pace with that or has it kind of outstripped that and, and, and continued to, to grow even further? Lauren, would you mind if I took a first stab at that one? <laughs> um, I, I do think it is both. I mean, we are, in, as you know, because you have um, quite a few connections with Florida, Jim. I mean, we are an incredibly diverse state and more so yeah. um, every day. Um, we are, you know, the melting pot of melting pots. But 
Um, even with those trend lines, you can see the diversity in Catholic schools exceeding those trend lines. Um, you know, one of the many frustrating myths about school choice is that somehow it would lead to, you know, resegregation of schools or rehomogenization of, of schools, if you will. And if you look at the trend lines for Catholic schools, you see that they are, as Lauren mentioned, becoming more diverse over time. And in fact, with students of color are actually a tick more diverse than our public schools now, which is pretty impressive. So, you know, on top of the fact that they are catering to more and more students with special needs, uh, more and more low-income students, more and more students who are not Catholic, they're also catering to more and more students of color. And in fact, a greater percentage of students of color than our public schools as a whole. So you can just take those myths and throw them out the window. I mean, Catholic schools clearly are embracing families from all walks of life, which is a a pretty amazing and wonderful thing to see. And I just want to piggyback on that to say, like, what makes me the most excited about that data is that, as as we know, our Catholic schools are really an amazing place to evangelize our faith to those that may not be Catholic or may not be practicing. And so I've seen a lot of our school families begin coming back to mass or even our children say, I want to be Catholic mom. And so mom goes through RCIA with the kids. So there's just a lot of really exciting things happening and lives are being changed. And really, ultimately, our church is growing thanks to the growth of our schools. And that's one of the most beautiful parts of, of a Catholic education. When you see a family come in that, that is taking advantage of it because of the taking advantage of it in the best sense uh, to uh, to avail themselves of a, of a solid Catholic education because of the environment, because of the, the high quality teachers and education. But then they fall in love with the faith. Then they, 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 they get to know Christ on a more personal basis and they see that reflected in the community that they have now become a part of. And they wanna be a part of that community even beyond the Catholic school, which is just a beautiful thing to see. In fact, I'll just say a little personal story. Uh, we, my family converted to Catholicism and part of the impetus was my parents sent us to Catholic school in the seventh and eighth grade. And it was through that process that I got to know my classmates and they were all preparing for confirmation. And I got to experience you know, religion class and uh, we started to attend mass, so that it was a it was a big contributor for the friend family uh, many many years ago co uh, yeah, converting to the Catholic faith. That's that's beautiful, um, and so also just kind of making it making that as we talked at the at the top of of our show talking about choice and making um, it financially available to folks. You've done a lot, as you said before, uh, on uh, fundraising and, and around tax credits. Um, how how do uh, the I would imagine that you're finding that the schools are leveraging those scholarships uh, strategically and thinking about financial aid, maybe even in a different way when uh, they're giving out these scholarships and leveraging them for marketing purposes. How, how, how are the schools kind of being strategic in how they use these funds to fill more seats? Um, sure, I can answer that. So we have seen, um, because our, our growth in Florida has been rather consistent. We're, we're, we're growing um, a couple percentage points every year, sometimes more, sometimes less, but it's really been quite consistent. And I think the reason for that is because our school leaders, our superintendents and our bishops and our pastors have been very thoughtful 
with how they want to grow. They want to make sure that as we grow, we don't grow too quickly and then not serve our families well. But as we're growing, we're growing with intentionality to ensure that everybody that's in, that comes into our school system is welcomed and then we're able to serve them well. So I think it's been very um, thoughtful and intentional. In 2018, there was a wait list for the Florida Tax Credit Scholarship, and it was really large. I think there were over 10, maybe 15,000 students on the wait list. And so our governor said, I'm going to end that wait list. And that's when he created an additional scholarship called the Family Empowerment Scholarship, which really did the same thing. It provided um, money for students to choose to go to a private school if they wanted to, but it was funded in a different way through the state. And having our Catholic families come out and testify, talk to their lawmakers and explain how important it is for them to have the option to send their child to a Catholic school was really powerful to see. Um, and now they're, they're capitalizing from it. And so families, many, many families, we don't have the numbers yet for this year, um, but we, the early numbers are showing that even this year, now that all families are eligible, anyone in Florida that has a child that's eligible to attend public school. So kindergarten through 12th grade, they're now eligible for the scholarship regardless of their income. And so that's really exciting. And so many of our schools will now have 90 plus percent of their families on this scholarship. And so schools are talking now about how, how are we gonna manage this? This is such a different world than we've lived in in the past. But I think families are so thankful and grateful to number one, the education that they're getting in their schools. And number two, the partnership that they're having with their school leaders. Um, I think we're going to continue to see um, lots of growth in our schools, lots of eager parents ready to volunteer, whether it be time, talent, or treasure. So it's really exciting. It is. It is. I was looking at your at your uh, ten year uh, chart on and kind of the enrollment for each, and I I noticed just a little bit of a dip around uh, the COVID era. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what was? Uh, maybe a little bit about what was it like around COVID times? Did you, uh, you obviously experienced a little bit of a dip around those years, but, and, but since then I've noticed the last three years, you've come back very, very strong, but tell us a little bit about what was that like for you in Florida experiencing COVID and, and how did you, uh, how did you respond to that crisis? So, yeah, we, um, you know, schools all across the nation saw a dip with COVID because many families sure. decided that they would just homeschool instead of sending their child to a, a, a brick and mortar school. Um, but what we also saw during that time is that our families realized what their kids were learning. And our schools in Florida, uh, they were on spring break, actually, when they found out that it was time, uh, COVID time, and they weren't going to come back from spring break. So, it was quite shocking for the principals and the teachers, but they were able to pivot very quickly. And then when your kids are at home learning what they're normally doing in school, the parents get a really good glimpse of what they're doing all day. And um, thankfully in Florida, our school, our parents were really pleased with what they were seeing from their Catholic schools with that digital time. It was about three months in Florida. We were very lucky that um, we all went back to brick and mortar school that August. So we only had to be on virtual learning for about three months. Um, now, some families, when they started doing the virtual learning and they said, okay, well, virtual learning's not for me. Let me just homeschool them for a little while. They decided, I like this. I want to homeschool full time. So some families stayed, but other families might've been in a different type of school setting. And they said, I want to try Catholic school instead. So what we saw is a lag in enrollment um, for about a year. And then it started to tick back up again with new different families coming in and saying, I wanted to get a taste of Catholic education. Excellent. Ron, did you want to jump in? 
Well, just to add real quick, I mean, I, I think, you know, Catholic schools as a whole in Florida and nationally just um, accorded themselves so well during the pandemic. I mean, they really were um, amongst the most responsive schools uh, in giving parents what they want, continuing with that high quality education, finding some way to get kids back to do in-person learning, which the vast majority of families wanted. And it, and it, you know, was beneficial in so many ways. I mean, you can see from the data, like I think we've all become familiar with the NAEP data, you know, nationally, everything just went crashing through the floor. But with Catholic schools, um, the trend lines either stayed the same or ticked up slightly. So Catholic schools just did wonderful during a very dark time. And I think parents have um, responded to that by wanting to stick with them. And the difference in Florida and other places with some of the the trend lines since the COVID dip is that, you know, you can see the trend lines kind of like evening off, you know, in many places after that COVID, post-COVID bounce. But in Florida, they continue to shoot up. And I think the difference is, you know, we have choice. We have robust choice programs. And so families who got a taste of something different or really appreciated what Catholic schools offered they got to either stick with those schools or access those schools. And, you know, just hoping that, you know, more places, families and more places get that opportunity, which we are seeing is starting to see happen, you know, with choice finally getting traction, uh, but it can't happen soon enough. Excellent. Excellent. Well, next I want to talk a little bit about um, competition and innovation, because I think those two topics kind of go together. Um, In your report, it says that nearly half of all Florida students, 1.6 million in total, now attend something other than their zoned neighborhood schools, up from roughly 10% a generation ago. So how are Catholic schools in Florida remaining, or yeah, remaining competitive or or even becoming more competitive today? Um, So the Catholic schools in Florida are really responding to the um, choice because there's so much choice and families can they have some really good options to decide between. We have a really robust charter school system here. We have excellent IB programs and magnet programs. And so families get to really sit down and say, what type of setting is gonna best meet the needs of my child? And so what we've seen some schools do, like one of my favorite schools that's here in Jacksonville is called Christ the King. And they were really struggling with enrollment about 10 years ago. They had to they had to downsize their staff. It was a really tough time. Um, but they said, what do we need to do to make ourselves stand out? What can we do to be more competitive? And they decided to become a a STREAM school. So STREAM, in case you guys don't know what that is, it stands for science, technology, religion, engineering, arts, and math. And so their students focus on that. And they just last year became um, the only school in Florida to receive a green ribbon from the National Department of Education, which is pretty amazing. Green ribbon schools are schools that truly show that they're teaching their children um, how to care for the environment. And so it's just that's just one example of some of the really great innovative schools that we have here in Florida that are meeting the needs of their families. And I'm sure Ron can share some more. But I think what we're seeing is the schools are looking at their population, looking at where they are, looking at who's around them. What are our families looking for and what do they need? And then they're meeting that need, which is so exciting. I love that example, Lauren and Ron, I'll ask you to go in just a second. But I, I used to sit on a, on a school board and some I remember us 
uh, we're talking about our mission and um, someone on the board who shall remain nameless said, well, how is it that we're any different from our neighboring Catholic school? And I think you just gave a beautiful example of how that school decided how they were gonna find their unique value proposition, even though it may be the same diocesan curriculum and there may be many similarities among the diocesan schools, but they can still find some of those unique things that, that they can specialize in that will be a draw for their particular community or people who are interested in that. And that just really speaks to the fact that parents are driving outside of their immediate neighborhood and finding the school that is the best fit for them. Love it. Ron? I think that's absolutely true. And, and it's happening, you know, those additional neat programs that are responsive to what parents want are not happening at the expense of the core, you know, the core value that Catholic schools have always provided. It's like they're, they're putting that on top of what has already made Catholic schools so successful and so desired by so many families for so long that they're still giving them that. But then on top of that, they're saying, you know what, we can do a stream program. We can do an IB program. We can have a really good dual language immersion program. We can have a, a, a classical curriculum because I can tell you that's going gangbusters down here and lots of families love that curriculum. And, and I can see Catholic schools embracing that more and more. And I don't expect that will slow down. But all that is on top of, you know, that that core Catholic education that's been so successful and so desired for so long. It's really neat to see. And, and I don't know how it could be any other way, you know, given the competition. I mean, you, you have to be on your toes in Florida. You know, you often hear public schools, traditional public schools worried about the competition from choice. Well, that competition from choice cuts every which way. Everybody has to be on their toes. Everybody has to be responsive to parents. There are more options and better options all the time. You cannot rest on your laurels, whether you are a traditional public school or a Catholic school or a charter school or whatever it may be. I mean, this environment is like fostering more and more dynamism and innovation all the time. So it's really cool to see Catholic schools respond to that. You know, they understand what's happening and they are responding in a very good way. Tremendous. And um, I'm just curious on the transportation. Uh, you have so many folks going outside of their school districts. Is public, uh, is uh, school bus transportation available to students who are going outside of their school district or are parents providing that themselves? So in Florida, the parents have to provide it, but many of our schools have, um, found a way to, to have a bus. So we have a school in a, in a kind of rural town here uh, in Lake City, and they will actually send a bus out to get to get families from the migrant farm, migrant farm worker children and bring them into the school on a bus. So we're even there, we're seeing innovation. It's just really amazing. We're not seeing our schools say no. They're saying, what can we do to help you? Um, so it's very exciting to see those kind of things happening here. But unfortunately, right now in Florida, um, families that do choose to send their child to a private school using one of our scholarships, they are not able to get any type of transportation. They're, the families are responsible for that unless the school finds a way to make it happen. But that just speaks to the to the value that Catholic schools are bringing when you see that kind of shift happening anyway, despite the fact that that uh, the state is not required to provide that kind of transportation. We're 
we're blessed in the state of Pennsylvania where I live in that they, they do provide that within a certain radius of, of the student's home. But uh, that just shows that people are willing to, to make the drive. And that's that's counter to what we maybe what we were raised when, when we were younger and families stayed in their own neighborhood and their in their own communities. And they didn't venture out quite as much as they do now. They did, but not quite as much. It's, it's amazing. Um, how does how does this how does the state shake out? Are you seeing uh, growth in Catholic education uh, larger in certain dioceses rather than others? I'm sure some are, are have bigger increases than others. Where, where are you seeing the biggest growth? Without showing favorites, I'm sure you love all your dioceses the same. Well, and all your um, we the same, do. Like we love everybody the same, but there sure. are some that are are growing faster, and um, mm -hmm. it's really interesting what they're doing. So, Ron, do you want to kind of explain what they're doing in the diocese of Venice? That's really, again, quite innovative. It's been my favorite word today, but it really is amazing. Yeah. Well, I can touch on it, but Lauren, you, I know you're going to have to to follow up. Uh, on what I say, because you know this in much more detail. But yeah, the Diocese of Venice is really just the standout among standouts. I think their growth over the past 10 years was like 33%, which is wow. just mind boggling. That's off the chart. Uh, wow. And, you know, it's not, and they're in Southwest Florida, which is a fast growing area, but it's hard to find an area in Florida that's not fast growing. So clearly right. there's, there's more in play than just, you know, uh, population growth. And I think it's because they have really not left it to chance to make sure that every family in that diocese knows that they can access a Catholic education with a scholarship. Um, one of the things Father Belmonte, who's the uh, superintendent down there, told me was, I think it's in both of the past two years, they sent out more than a million messages combined Whoa. between emails and texts to the families in the diocese, letting them know multiple times, because you can't take it for granted that families know that they have this option. Even in, in choice-rich states like Florida, it's amazing how many parents still don't realize that we have this. So the Diocese of Venice has really made it um, an art and a science to uh, raise awareness with their families that they have this option. So it's wow. pretty cool to see. Yeah, and something else that we've done is we've really gotten our um, pastors and our bishops on board and involved with um, sharing about the scholarships across the state, which has been pretty amazing. And so we have our bishops have made little videos that have been shared on social media, telling their families about the scholarship and encouraging them to visit a Catholic school and take a tour. Um, we have our pastors who have a pulpit announcement where they can explain that you can attend a Catholic school or their Catholic school or a Catholic school for free and what that means and what does Catholic education mean to them as the pastor? Why is it important for our kids to be in our Catholic schools, for our kids in our churches to be there? So that's been really um, amazing. And we do a lot of partnering across the state with leaders in the dioceses who um, help guide what we at Step Up are doing. What type of materials are we giving to the schools? What type of materials do they need um, so that we are reaching the families in the best way possible? But I do agree with Ron. I think Father Belmonte has it really down to a science. And I believe the way the system that he's created with texting and what they do is they get everybody's email and phone number from their baptismal records. And then they text them and say, did you know your child could go to Catholic school and you would have to pay barely anything? You should check it out. And um, so that's been really cool to see. That is tremendous. Well, listen, any diocese that can get their enrollment up 30% in a single year 
you've got to provide an introduction to this podcast. We've got to share what they're doing out with everybody else around the country. He sounds like a Oh monster. yeah, I would love to. It's uh Father Belmonte and Father Jeff Pudoff. They are like the they are the men the men to know. So I'll make an introduction, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> that would be tremendous. Yeah, absolutely. Uh any any other points that you want to share? What what is um, what we will do for our listeners, we'll make sure that there's a link in the show notes of this episode to the report and of course to Lauren and to Ron if you have any questions for them. But uh any other any other um tips for schools that might be listening or dioceses that might be listening on what you're seeing out in the field that has really contributed. Cause I'm sure that there, there are people who listen to this podcast around the country and, and you know, what, what is the culture or what, what are some of the strategies you're seeing that are maybe most successful that could translate to other places? Um, I would just say um, two things. Number one is make sure you have, um, and I'm sure you do, but make sure your your school leaders feel supported. And um, if they are, and if they understand their mission to evangelize, I think that they'll be willing and eager to do whatever they can to um, help fill their seats. So that's one, one thing that's important. Another thing is to look into what type of choice is available in your state. And if there's nothing, then you can start, you know, calling your lawmakers and saying, listen, our families need a choice. There are families that could come to my school, but they can't afford our tuition. And so we think we should have a choice program. That's the second thing. And the third thing is to make sure you're involving your church leaders, your bishops, your pastors, your deacons, anybody um, there that you know that may not be a lay person make sure they understand the need for options for families. And one thing that I always like to do is um, ask your pastor, uh, this is your homework if you want some homework from listening to a podcast, ask your pastor, do you know what the catechism says about school choice? Do you happen to know, Jim, what it says? I do not. Boy, and my formation director is going to be really upset with me. No, tell us. Well, it's kind of funny because I ask this question in uh, almost everywhere I go, and it's yeah. very rare, very rare that someone knows the answer. But um, the, the catechism actually says that the education of your child is the innate and inalienable choice of the parent to choose the school setting that best fits the needs of their child. And it's our job as Catholics to advocate for ways for more families to have those options. So really school choice, being able to receive a scholarship from the state is directly in line with allowing more families to have the option to come into your school. So um, there's a little conversation starter for you guys to talk to your pastors and your religious about school choice. Um, and it is quite amazing because many people don't know that, but it's just so, and that's part of why I love my job so much, because I feel like I am getting to advance the church in the work that I do every day. You certainly are. Wow. That's just tremendous. And I'm, I can't wait to take that back to my diaconate uh, classmates and make sure that they know that. I'm sure many of them will be assigned uh, to Catholic schools, but uh, just tremendous. Lauren and Ron, this has just been a lot of fun. And uh, I really appreciate all that you're doing for Catholic education in the state of Florida, for all the dioceses and Catholics, over 200 schools that you serve. Uh, just really appreciate you, you coming on the show today. Any final, any final thoughts or points you'd like to make? Jim, the only thing I would want everybody to, you know, take to heart is, you know, it's really important to, to hit the ground running. It's important not to wait, not to assume, you know, things are going to break your way. Um, because you have a choice program in your state. I mean, there's finally, after all these decades, choice is finally, finally getting traction. And, you know, 
I hope people realize that all kinds of things are going to change. You know, things are going to evolve. That competition really is a thing. And so you just can't rest on your laurels and assume families are going to know you're there. You can't just continue to do things exactly as you've always done them. Um, you know, you do have to adapt and be responsive to that change in environment. And I think if if um, Catholic education supporters do that in other states in the in the same way they've done in Florida, they'll see the, the same thing happen, which is their Catholic schools growing again. Wonderful. Well, again, Ron and Lauren, thank you so much for all you do. And again, we'll leave links to Ron and Lauren uh, in the show notes of this episode. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Jim. Have a great day. Thank you very Bye. much, Jim. Bye. Well, that's our show this week. I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining me on today's show. I hope you found this conversation valuable and that it has in some way inspired you to take action to advance the mission of our church. And if this is your first time listening to Advancing Our Church, I hope you're going to stick around and subscribe. You can find us on all places where you download your favorite podcasts. You can find us on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And for more information about our show, please visit us at advancingourchurch.com. And once again, many thanks to our sponsor, Changing Our World. You can find a link to their website in the show notes of this episode. Well, that's it for me, everybody. I hope you're having a terrific week. We'll see you next time. Take care and God bless.